Welcome to the Anthro to UX podcast, where you will learn how to break into UX with an anthropology degree. Through conversations with leading anthropologists working in user experience, you will learn firsthand how others made the transition, what they learned along the way, and what they would do differently. We will be discussing what it means to do UX research from a practical perspective and what you need to do to prepare a resume and portfolio. I'm your host, Matt Arts, a business anthropologist specializing in design anthropology and working at the intersection of product management, user experience, and business strategy. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anthro to UX podcast. I'm Matt Arts. I'm here today with Rachel Huvada, who is a UX researcher at Independence Pet Group. Uh, she is a, a team of one, so we'll be talking a little bit about that and also previously had an internship at SiriusXM. So, Rachel, thanks for joining me today. Would you mind by telling everybody how you got interested in anthropology? Yeah, thank you, Matt, for having me on the show. Very exciting. How I got into anthropology, I would say... I think I got into it before I even knew what anthropology was. Uh, My dad is Indian and my mom is Chinese and I was born in the U.S. and grew up in Atlanta, a very well-known black um, area city, but lived in Marietta, East Cobb, which is, if for those who don't know, a very predominantly white neighborhood. And so there were a lot of different cultures and different races all mixing together in my life. And so I was just very naturally curious about um, how everyone's cultures were different than mine and everyone's upbringings were different than mine. And probably around when I entered high school started to be a very, started to be a bit more introspective in how was my cultural identity affected and formed from all of the surrounding um, people around me. And actually, in my senior year of high school, got to take an AP course called AP Research, (laughs) surprisingly. And that was where I got to conduct my very first ethnography. And it was before I even knew what an ethnography was. I got to choose the subject of a year-long research project, and I decided to study cultural identity and formation. And I felt like so alive and so like um, I'm excited to be learning and talking to other people who may or may not have had a similar experience like me. And then I went to college. I applied to go to college and I actually did not know what I wanted to do. I thought, you know, would always think to myself, I, you know, I wish there was a major or a discipline where I could study cultures because I didn't know what anthropology was. Um, it's like not a very uh, common major and not a very common word to be, you know, just thrown out because everyone's doing either business or social or um, software engineering, stuff like that. And I actually ended up going to the University of Georgia with a, an, an intended major of Asian languages and cultures because that was just what I had decided on because I couldn't find what I wanted to. And then during my orientation, actually somehow felt compelled to look up what anthropology was. And once I looked it up, I was like, oh my gosh, it all clicked. Like this was exactly what I wanted to do. It's studying people, it's studying cultures, it's studying like how people interact with each other. 
this is perfect for me. And I like immediately switched my major during my orientation and just contacted my my advisor and was like, is it okay if I switch right now? And that's really just how I fell into the major and got to, you know, study at the University of Georgia and, and work with all the other great anthropologists there. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience in that program in light of the fact that you work in UX today. Did you, you know, did you hear about UX in that program or? Yeah, no, I, so I entered the major just not with no intention of thinking, oh, this is what I will be. I'll be a UX researcher in the future. I really just entered the major with the, for just for the love and sake of anthropology. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say like a lot of people around me, a lot of my peers were like, what are you going to do with an anthropology degree? And I was like, I, I don't know, actually. Um, and it was a bit concerning for me as well, because I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, just get the degree and not end up somewhere. Um, but at the same time, I also had always seen myself working in the corporate world. And at UGA, at the University of Georgia, there was a big emphasis on going into academia as an anthropology major and getting your master's and PhD and and becoming a professor or working for the government or something like that. And I knew that just like wasn't my cup of tea, I think. And so I would try to, I tried to look online for, you know, how can you use anthropology and business? And actually, um, answer to UX, the podcast like came up, it was a very defining um, a resource for me. But I, yeah, I, the university never really brought up anthropology in business. And so the COVID-19 pandemic hit right around my sophomore and junior year of college. And that was also a really good time of introspecting and what do I want to do with my life after I graduate and uh, decided that I didn't want to do higher education. I, even though maybe a lot of people would have told me to, and I, I just wanted to get my bachelor's and I eventually just somehow found about UX research in the, in the midst of all of this searching, soul searching and was like, Oh my gosh, like UX research, this is really cool. It's kind of like in intersection of tech, which is, you know, this whole big industry now and people make lots of money. That's like really cool. And then it has like a creative aspect with UX design. And that was always a field that I was interested in as a kid, but didn't think it was a viable option as, um, you know, a very successful or um, money-making career. And so it kind of checked all my boxes of being like a career where I could still talk to people and learn about people and their cultures, but also be in a, a very innovative, innovative field. Um, and that's how I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to work for. This is, you know, my goal for the future. And that's how I just started um, building around uh, my anthropology skills and started um, really just building up those ethnographic projects and doing interviews and surveys, but also had to knew that because I didn't want to go into higher education, started supplementing with other skills as well 
the University of Georgia had a new media certificate that taught kids about yeah, UX design and and uh, technology and all that kind of stuff. And I, I went and got that certificate and also their marketing division at UGA had a student-led and run advertising and marketing agency. And while I was absolutely not interested in agency life whatsoever, I definitely um, decided, I decided to join because they had a research division. And I started out as a research strategist, working with, you know, real world clients who were at the agency and then eventually moved up to become the director of research and strategy there and really just got that real world experience from there. That's where I learned the difference between facts and insights, which was super helpful later down the line when I had to, you know, apply that to the UX research side of my internship. Great. Now, so a few things in there. You mentioned that you didn't want to do higher ed, and I presume you mean like teach. Um, but considering you, you have, you are working in UX with only a bachelor's, um, and we're going to get to how you, how you made that work. But curious to know, did you at all consider an advanced degree when you were thinking about preparing for a UX career? Were, were you debating, do you need that or not? Or did you feel that just with your bachelor's, you can do it? That's a very good question. And it was something that I had to, you know, decide on. And I was doing a lot of research on the field itself. And if you just look at any job description nowadays for UX research, it will say, you know, minimum requirements, we want a master's, we want a PhD. And it was um, really scary because after um, talking to a lot of my friends and my peers and just trying to decide whether I wanted to go that route or not, I decided that I just it wasn't for me. Like I did not want a master's or a PhD. And even though that's what um, the job description said, that's what how everyone else in the field got to transition into UX research. And I was, I, I just made the choice and was like, I think, or no, maybe not I think, but I will try. Let, let's try and see uh, if I can break in with just my bachelor's. And it was, it was really hard. Um, I wouldn't say it was easy at all, but you know, if, if you, someone is out there like deciding whether or not to get the master's or the PhD just for the sake of, you know, appealing to a job description, I don't think it might be necessary. It, to me, it was more important that I was happy with what where I was at. And I put in that extra work to eventually break into the field without needing that extra education. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that journey of breaking in. Let's get into some of the specifics. Um, you know, I know you joined the groups, right? And you were doing a little self-study, but break that down. You know, did you, did you work to develop a portfolio through, you know, of research through some of that volunteering? What else did you look at? Any certificates? Yeah. So like I said, I had a lot of, you know, I built up a lot of those ethnographic skills within, you know, just the anthropology major itself. And just, you know, going through the program at UGA, you gain like tons of 
ethnographic projects. And that was, you know, most of my portfolio at the time is like language studies and cultural studies and identity studies and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I said, supplemented with the work at Talking Dog Agency, doing that real world experience. And that was something that was important to me to add to my portfolio as well to make sure that I said this was this, I have the real world experience. I know how to not only do the research and not only um, do interviews and surveys, but how to apply it and manage stakeholders um, because that was, you know, part of the research that I did was like, you know, how, how have people transitioned into this field and everybody is saying, you know, make sure you have the projects, make sure you know how to have that real world experience because it is totally different than academia. Um, and so that, that was a big plus for me that I had that um, real world experience and, you know, after I graduated and I didn't have those, um, that agency anymore and the project stopped coming was when I started applying to jobs, UX research entry level jobs to see if I could break in. And it took a very long time. It took, I was searching for probably around a year. And in that time, um, just went to different talks that UX researchers were having, different conferences. I also um, created my online portfolio, and there's big debate in the UX research world of whether UX researchers need a port online portfolio or not. I personally enjoy having one just as like a bank of all of the work I've ever done, and I'm I'm very proud of it. But that's really up to the researcher, I think. But that was a place where I could, you know, just see all that I had accomplished. And I I did look into some boot camps a little bit just because the the search was so long and so discouraging as someone, you know, like I said, it was hard to break in with just a bachelor's and an anthropology degree. And, you know, it was it's only just now starting to be a feel like a, a major that people are considering for this field um, because UX research is still so new uh, relatively. So it was very hard to convince people to, you know, take a chance on me. But eventually um, after like a year of searching, I managed to land an internship at Sirius XM. And uh, it, was, it was very grateful that they, um, saw my resume and my portfolio and they said, you know, we'll take you on. We will teach you what you still don't know because there was, I thought I, you know, had researched and I had done the work to be put into a full-time role. And actually, you know, there was a lot I didn't even know. And so that was the internship was where I learned how to do usability tests and, um, all those other kinds of very, uh, specific UX research things. So, you know, in light of what you just said, tell us about being a team of one. So, you know, once you get your current role, you're there, you don't presumably have anybody who's going to guide you on improving your UX practice. So now how are you navigating that? That's a good question, too. And it is scary being a team of one. And I feel like the imposter syndrome is 
you know, through the roof, I would say just because, you know, not only am I a team of one, but this is, this is my first like UX research job. And I'm, you know, supposed to be like guiding my team of designers and uh, product managers and everybody else to this place of success through the research I do. And, you know, something that was so valuable to me at SiriusXM in my internship was the fact that I had a team of other researchers with me to mentor me and guide me and teach me about the different methodologies. And it was, you know, great to also have my own autonomy, but um, to work on projects, but also if I just needed like a second eyes on something, just running it by and being like, Hey, can you take a look at this? What do you think of my work? It was always really helpful. And here at um, independent pet group, IPG, I don't have that luxury. It's really just um, me talking things out with the designers and being like, this is what I think in my professional experience, even though it may not be um, a very long experience, this is what I think this is um, my point of view on it and what the user's point of view is on it. And I really just have had to learn how to stand my ground and be confident in the choices that I've made because I did the work, I did the hard work, I did the training, I went through the internship, I put in those extra hours to learn this stuff and now I got to put it into practice. So it's been a big transition to not have um, those extra people, those extra researchers to help me out. But that's why I always, you know, reach out to my mentors from back at SiriusXM. You know, it's those, those relationships, while I don't work with them anymore, they are not dead. I keep in touch with them and um, talk with them about any struggles I'm having here and what else they can, what other advice they can give to me as this team of one. So in terms of your future, and I don't mean a different company, that's not, that's definitely not what I'm implying, but what are you going to do to continue to learn and prepare? And I ask that in the sense that, you know, the context of what we're just talking about, but you, you know, you are in an environment where, though you can maybe reach out to the, you know, previous contacts, again, you don't have that sort of collegial environment of other researchers. So do you have anything specific in mind that you plan to do, you know, to kind of keep training or is it more of what you've been doing, you know, internet-based sort of research? You know, were you thinking of any specific, you know, additional educational track that you're interested in? Yeah, I think for the company I'm at right now, it is a lot of foundational research, generative research, where it's methodologies I've done a million times before, like interviewing, surveying, things like that. And there isn't a lot of opportunity to learn and use really um, interesting or uh, new forms of methodologies like um, a card sore or a tree test, something like that. And it is something that has actually been eating away at me for a little bit, but I think um, my next steps are to learn those anyway and it won't pro probably won't be at the like utilizing them at my company it will most likely be 
in a personal project I do on the side, or it will be through supplemental readings. There are so many uh, great researchers who write books on different methodologies and uh, best practices, things like that. And I am, you know, looking like one of the, my favorite things about being in this field is the fact that the field is curious. It's always wondering like, what is the next big thing? And I, I really value learning in, in this space. So if, you know, learning is not something that I get, I get to do, I have the luxury of doing at my company, then it will be found in other spaces as well. And that's online readings or reading books, going to my mentors and seeing what they found, things like that. And so obviously, you know, your, your dedication to make this happen uh, and your dedication towards self-study you know, is certainly a good inspiration for others who are, let's say, maybe still in their undergraduate programs or maybe recently graduated and looking for a job. And I appreciate that, you know, putting in the time, doing the work, trying to find projects, things you've already said are great recommendations for all of those individuals. But is there anything else you would want to tell that group, you know, again, people who are currently in their program or people who are maybe recently graduated and struggling to find a role? Is there anything you haven't shared yet that, you know, you'd want to share to encourage them or to give them direction? Sure. I would say, I mean, first of all, if you're searching for a UX research role right now, it's a extremely tough market, a really, really tough market. I was just there a couple of months ago. I know how you feel. And oftentimes job hunting is a full-time job. Um, but I would say don't be, don't give up and keep putting in the work to um, do those supplemental readings. Be, be a researcher, be curious and continue to um, learn and look up things that will, um, you know, not only help you be a better research candidate, but also it will help you in the long run. Like the, these readings and learnings of UX research don't just stop once you get the job, they continue on for the rest of your career. Um, so yeah, I would say just, you know, don't give up, make sure that you use those anthropology skills, you know, you're in the major for a reason. Have you considered, you know, joining any groups, more formal groups, something like Epic, groups that you're networking with? Sure. Yeah, I did end up going to meetups while I was job hunting. There is in Atlanta a group called User Research Atlanta uh, meetup, and I have found a community there to, you know, not only just explain the woes of looking for a UX research job, but also, you know, now that I have one helping out those other people who are also looking and just, um, that's also kind of a, another way that I've been reaching out to people and getting mentors and learning how I can, you know, be better with stakeholders, that kind of thing. I know there's also IXDA in Atlanta. They have an Atlanta chapter, but they also have chapters all over the United States. Um, they are also a great resource. They have online talks. They have in-person meetups. Uh, definitely something to check out with them as well. Aside from you know events and and, and self study, I guess I'm curious to know. Pulling it back to your program for a second, you mentioned that. You know, you you joined the marketing group, 
But what other skills do you think, you know, that you've acquired or have been successful, not only in helping you do the work, but maybe even in finding the job? Um, I wouldn't say this view is particularly original, but I would say that what helped me the most or very much so was talking to other anthropologists who made the jump into UX research and their take on saying, make sure you learn the UX research language because it is so different than anthropology, even though it it almost looks the same on paper, like the different methods, the the wordings are so different. Like we in anthropology, we say like participant observation. In UX research, we don't say that. We say like a diary study. Um, you know, knowing the difference between facts versus insights, those kinds of things that, you know, you you inherently know as an anthropologist, that's why you are, you know, writing the study and and doing the research, but just being able to translate all of those anthropological words into a more corporate space, into a space where you can teach other people who don't know all of the academic language and under they so that they can understand and use your storytelling skills to show them how not only you know like what is happening with a user but how it's happening and the the true like underlying cause of it um that was something that just really helped me and something I also had to, you know, study quite a bit to make sure that I could enter the space comfor- comfortably without just, you know, questioning everything and being like, what is this? What is this? What's an MVP? What's a POV? You know, there, there's a lot of different acronyms in the world as well. So, you know, just getting used to those, I think, is very helpful. Well, it shows you've put in your time and I congratulate you on, on recently getting the role. Um, if anybody was listening and wanted to get in touch with you, what would be a good way to do so? LinkedIn, of course. You can always connect with me, shoot me a message. I am also I also have my online portfolio, rachelpuvada.com, and there's a contact form on there. You can just write down a message and send it to me. I'll get it through my email. Um, and yeah, that that's how you can contact me. Wonderful. Well, Rachel, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matt. This was fun. Thank you all for listening to the Anthro to UX podcast. To learn everything you need to break into UX, visit anthrotous.com. There you will find all the podcast episodes and career coaching resources. Please like, share, and subscribe. See you next time.